Another edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Ellie McNella, along with the man that's always fierce and bears, Ben Fierce. Ben, how are you? I'm good, man. I uh, got outside today. I did all my homework for this podcast. God, I'm, I'm... I'd love to go outside. However, it's uh, a little uh, cooler up here, even, yeah, though the, well, even, even though the sun's out. You know, that, that that northern air plays tricks on you. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I got lucky today and was able to go outside. And uh, I had my, I had my dogs going underneath my legs like uh, the London Bridge <laughs> over and over again. So it was kind of fun. So, uh, you know, anytime I get to be outside is great, especially in, the, in this um, scenario we have going on because, like, I don't know about you, brother, but I'm I'm starting to get a little claustrophobic yep. uh, being stuck inside. I so will much. show you off air, okay, what I miss the most about and what I'm going to plan on doing uh, once all this garbage is over with. But that will be okay, off air. Right. All right, very good. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to show you, we don't want to show the listeners how filthy your mind is. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll what, a, what, a, what a funny guy. What we'll a funny guy. We got, jo- we got jokes. Yes, I do have jokes. We got jokes. I, uh, <laughs> I, have a lot, I have a lot more time to prepare material. <laughs> All right, so we see we get into this. So um, what did we have? I believe uh, we're going to do something we haven't done in a while. We're going to go over some news. Yeah, so... Um, after uh, after WrestleMania 36, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Edge recently appeared on the latest episode of um, After the Bell, and he had some some comments for the fans. That, Hold on, before you go on, do you have, how many episodes have you listened to, to, to that podcast? Zero. I don't care. Oh, you don't listen to After the Bell? Okay. No. Neither, no, neither do I. I tried from uh, from the first show. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. It's just, I mean, I I get it because you know they're WWE employees, so they're not gonna they're not gonna be outwardly negative toward yeah toward WWE. But when 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 a show is so blatantly one sided, I have an issue uh, with yeah. that. Yeah. So, that's that's why uh, at least you know when when I do these shows for for my end, I try to be fair minded toward both sides, and and expose the good and the bad. And when when it's just when it's just WWE ass kissing because Vince McMahon is listening, I have an issue. Okay, so go on about Edge's appearance. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, so let me get the uh, exact um, uh, exact transcript of what he said. 
Um, this was this was like I said in response to uh, criticism of his match with Randy Orton. He goes, "Everyone's entitled to their opinion. It's wrestling. It's art. It's subjective. Whatever blows your hair back." I don't know what that means, but uh, but resuming the quote, it's uh, um, the, it's uh, pretty much the same as uh, whatever floats your boat. Oh, okay. The, well, I just never never heard that phrase before. It's, but, a, it's edge. But I digress. Uh, but Randy and I have broad shoulders, and we can weather the weight of a minuscule militia of malcontent who will just com- want to complain about everything. A complaint about the length of a wrestling match during a pandemic. That line right there pissed me off. Uh, like, really? Uh, this continuing what he said. Uh, come on, but they're also the same people that are going to complain that Bill and Brock go for four minutes. So I think there's a segment of people that enjoy not enjoying things and dwell in negatives. And you know what? Um, partially, I can understand uh, where he's coming from because there, there are a lot of uh, wrestling fans who I believe just focus on the negative. Um, but um, but I think I think that might be just a little bit um, too tilted to one side and and. That one uh, pandemic line really did piss me off, uh, but that that was Edge's take on things. And uh, what was your take on the match itself? Well, uh, like you, uh, that that one line, yeah. Aside from that one line, um, I do agree with Edge uh, somewhat, uh, but uh, like uh, the about the pandemic line, uh, I don't know because I mean you have. With everything that's going on, and you have these guys out there, like putting their like bodies online and stuff, and anything can happen. Yeah, and, and, like, and like like I said, like part of that and part of what Edge is talking about, I can respect because we've had conversations between ourselves, given our previous employment and how we react to uh, what he what he calls malcontents. So I can, I can understand that. Um, but I, I think there's a difference between being a malcontent and offering constructive criticism. And when it comes to the length of the match, I think that that is constructive criticism because I felt it dragged on, um, you know, and, and I enjoyed the match. I, I did. Um, so I'm not one of those that's going to go in on it. Um, and I heard a lot of the same criticism uh, regarding Champa and Gargano. And I messaged you earlier today saying that I thought that match was awesome. And I, I read stuff online today that was uh, pointing out the same issues that they had with, with the Edge match. So other than the let, pandemic let, 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 me line, see, let me see, though. Have you ever seen an, an NJPW show? Yes. Those matches go 50 minutes. <laughs> right. And I, having having drastically less exposure uh, to the to the NJPW uh, product, I would have to 
I would have to assume that that would be slightly different given the nature of the audience because mm -hmm. from what I from what I've seen from what I understand about a Japanese wrestling audience is that they are a lot more respectful um, regarding the art form of professional wrestling and they will they have a lot it seems like they have a lot more patience than the American than the American audience, so I think I think you're just you're you're working with different dynamics there, and also you have to keep in mind um, about about the style of Japanese wrestling. I think I think Japanese wrestling focuses a lot more on on the physical art of it versus the storytelling aspect, whereas Whereas the U.S. version is a lot more based around storytelling. Okay, so that's our first piece of news. What else? What's next? Um, and keeping along with the coronavirus theme, um, apparently, uh, Mr. Hulk Hogan, uh. Has decided that the coronavirus. <laughs> and uh, ladies and gentlemen, Elio is already laughing at my delivery because he knows exactly what I'm going to say. But apparently, uh, Mr. Hulk Hogan has decided that the coronavirus has been cast down upon <laughs> the world by a higher power named God. And oh, he good night, nurse. <laughs> he is a punishment for not our for non-believers. <laughs> what? What? What is going on? Just and this is why this is why wrestlers need to stay the hell off Twitter. <laughs> well, well, in in, in, uh, in Hulk Hogan's case, Instagram. But, but the thing and, is, no, wait, was that Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Oh, it's just—it's all the same shit to me, anyways. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, touche. I can't really argue with you there. Um, but you know, it's just—and once again, I'll—I'll uh, I'll say this, especially when it comes to to religious freedoms and freedom of choice and all of that. If um, if that's what Hulk Hogan believes, that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, I. That that in and of itself uh, doesn't bother me. But when you when you say that God is the only thing that people need to be focusing on during this time, when there's so many different hardships going on, it gets a little it gets a little rich when it comes from someone like Hulk Hogan who who has all the money and resources in the world, and yet you want to pass judgment. Upon the upon the others in the world who are struggling, so I I think that comes off as a little bit rich. The the, the guy doesn't know how to use social media. Well, uh, you know, and that has been demonstrated time and time again. Even even, not, even when he was in the hospital, like I don't know if I don't know if you remember what his Twitter account when he was in the hospital. 
Um, well, you you would have to remind me because I I tend to tune out a lot of what social media. Yeah, he's done these a lot of stupid things on social. Just stay off Twitter. All these wrestlers, stay off Instagram. Whatever, if you're gonna like, just be weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, pretty much the only the only professional wrestling account that I enjoy on a on a regular basis. Is, is Randy Orton. So I, I find Randy Orton to be absolutely hilarious. Okay. Um, but uh, but other, other than that, it's like, eh. you know, because the, the thing about social, the thing about social media is great. It, it, it's, it's wonderful in the respect that it connects people um, and can, can really build effective relationships, um, you know, you and I included, because we wouldn't have connected for this podcast if it wasn't for uh, getting to know each other beforehand um, via social media. Um, but so, so that encompasses the positive. The negative is that everybody has a soapbox to stand on. And then when somebody starts deconstructing that soapbox, then people have an issue. And somewhere, somewhere along the line, Elio, uh, disagreement became a crime, and I think I think therein lies the biggest issue with social media because if you, if you disagree with somebody, one, they take it as a personal insult, and two, if you're on the opposite side of something, then automatically you become you become part of the problem, and you are part of the part of the, the part of the issue that they are railing against. So, you know, there like anything, there are positives to social media, and there are a lot of negatives. And I tend to um, I tend to keep my ass quiet on social media, not not out of uh, not not out of any particular desire not to. Uh, not to engage, um, but it's just I choose not to share everything about my life and what I have going on because, quite frankly, I'm not that interesting, and I don't and I don't have a very um, high, haughty opinion of myself in relation to other people. Um, so, you know, and plus, who am I to preach to anybody? So. You know, as it relates to Hogan, you know, uh, God bless you seriously if, if that's what you believe in, and I, I, I hope he does find happiness. I'm, I'm serious. If he finds peace and, and enjoyment in, in religion, that's great. I'm, I'm very happy for you, and I, and I mean that in all sincerity. You know, uh, it, it's just that when you start preaching to others, you open the door to, to criticism. And I think I think that's where we are with with Hulk Hogan right now. So that's my that's my little sermon of the day, I suppose. All right. <clears throat> so do we have anything else on? Yes, we have one further item oh, okay. to to review today. Okay. And that is that the revival has been freed from the chains of WWE. No, hold on. Do, do they have their new name? I thought I saw this. Uh, their new name. Yeah, it's like hashtag FTR. No, so that can't. That, for real, that's their new name? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure because I just looked it up. Um, I just looked okay. it up before we came on the air. You know what? Shadow Machine is such a is a much such a better name than that. Well, but you have to you have to keep in mind. I agree with you, but I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure WWE would own the rights. No, to no, 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 no. They, they, uh, the revival trademarked a few names uh, before they left. Well, then maybe rights. they're keep, maybe they're keeping Shatter Machine as the name of their uh, finisher. I don't know. Okay, yeah, no, because uh, they trademarked a few names before their their release, and uh, that was one of them, Shatter Machine. But um, their their new names on uh, social media weird. Did you catch this? Yeah, and one, um, Cash Wheeler. One was Cash Wheeler, and, and what was the other one? Dax Hardwood. Dax Hardwood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dax Hardwood. No, well, what? Um, well, pardon the, um, pardon the pornographic jokes, but I don't really have a Woody for uh, Dax Hardwood. <laughs> oh, oh. Hey, what's going on? I got to call you, Mike. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I had to slip one in there. Oh, wait a minute. That's another pornographic joke. <laughs> what's going on? We're, we're going down the rabbit hole. Oh, wait a minute. There's another pornographic joke. <laughs> I'm on a roll. I, I'm on an absolute roll this <laughs> all right, so um, that's all for news, I guess, right? Absolutely. All right, so when we get into Monday and Raw, these are going to be some short shows to review because not much happened. trying to entertain us in in the midst of um, this pandemic you know I, I really I really want to make two two sides of my thought very very clear and that is I can understand both sides of the argument very well and I want to I'm not trying to ride the fence or kiss the ass of one perspective or the other um, I just I just want to try to break it down um, fairly as a as a as a podcaster. The one perspective um, is is appreciating what WWE is doing uh, in in the midst of what we have going on, and from a performance perspective, I absolutely do. Um, as as always, but especially now, I respect what the wrestlers are trying to do in terms of coming out here and taking our minds off things and giving us something that, quite frankly, I I thoroughly enjoy in professional wrestling. Because let me tell you something, and I, I mean I mean this very seriously. 
uh, for years and years, I have I have worshipped at the altar of professional wrestling, and it, it has really helped me through a lot of hardships in my own life, in, in terms of in terms of taking my mind off things and really giving me an escape, which which I truly believe that they're trying to do. So from that perspective, they have my they have my respect entirely. Uh, the, the other perspective, which I also understand and, and support, quite frankly, is from a business standpoint, I think it is very dangerous because, you know, if, if let, me, let, me, let me figure out the best way of putting this. If one person... And if, if reports are to believe this is already happening, but if one person gets seriously ill from from COVID nineteen on WWE's perspective, then thank God I think this person's recovering. But can you imagine if someone dies because they had COVID nineteen and they're associated with WWE? That's I mean, this is just, I mean, that would open up a can of worms and all of, all of this debate that we're having regarding the, the ethics of this decision would be going out the window and the word entertainment would be completely forgotten. So from that perspective, I think, I think they have to be extremely careful uh, going down. Uh, and then there's one more avenue that I think um, could get forgotten in a lot of this. Uh, the entire reason that WrestleMania had to be, well, the I wouldn't say had to be, but the entire reason that WrestleMania was presented in the fashion that it was, was because Florida issued a lockdown order, and so they had to rush to get all the stuff taped and there were all these concerns coming out of Tampa regarding regarding coronavirus which is why which is why it was moved from Raymond James Stadium to uh, WWE Performance Center and and we got WrestleMania the way that we did. Um, but I'm a little bit I'm a little bit confused now because um, Raw and uh, SmackDown are being presented live Next week. So, wait, hold on. What does that mean? Like they're gonna have fans? Um. Well, no. It's still gonna be. It's still gonna be presented the same way. But why would you? Why would you tape it live then? Because then you just have more people in the arena. Uh, incre increasing the. I mean, logically, if you're taping it live, you would have to have more people in the arena. And they're thereby increasing the risk of exposure. What I mean, wouldn't that stand to logic? So it's uh, still no crowds, but it's just going to be live instead of taped. They're just going to do it right there on a Monday night or on a Friday night. That's my understanding. Yes. And by the and way, uh, apparently uh, the wrestlers were given a letter from Vince in case they get pulled over by the police. Well, and, and and I'm glad I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because here's here's the other issue that I have because I read I read the same thing and I 
I think I would have forgotten this had you not brought that up. So I'm very happy you did. Because apparently this letter labels them as essential media. Okay. Now, now I, in all seriousness, now, now I laughed my ass off at this the first time I read it earlier this afternoon. But in all seriousness, can we just acknowledge what kind of bullshit that is? You know, as much as I love wrestling and have a lot of respect for what WWE has done for me in the past and now, that is just a bunch of bullshit. There's other ways to enter for people to entertain themselves, like music, movies, or, you know. Exactly. There's... If if everything else has to be shut down, such as sports leagues, such as the such as the XFL, which which coincidentally uh, is also owned by WWE, if they have to shut down, then the WWE is not essential. I'm sorry. I mean, I I'm a, I'm a fan. I and, love um, it. But... I, hold on, I have a question. Isn't Vince McMahon the guy behind the XFL? Well, that and <laughs> I just I just said that. So so if it goes like what I just said, so if yeah, no, asked, I'm saying I get WWE. Like I'm saying, he's the guy behind the XFL. So right. if, if he shut down XFL, why would you not just shut down WWE as well for the time being? Yeah, and the thing is, you can shut. I don't care what anybody says. You can shut down WWE because nothing is above what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, now, now obviously, I, obviously, I'm not going to, to accuse WWE or anybody of not taking their employees' health seriously. I'm not going to do that because that would be bullshit on my end, and that would be very, very wrong. So I'm not, I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I just think that they're putting themselves in a very dangerous position. Uh, and especially if, if the, if the wrestlers are being, um, are, are pressured to perform, I don't know if that's true or whatever. I'm just, I'm just saying there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of different potholes in this scenario that you have to be extremely careful, um, in in terms of navigating. And to me, it's just not worth the risk. So, um, what do you think? Yeah, um, like I said, I just like the wrestling is not essential. It's not essential. There are other ways for people to entertain themselves: music, movies, uh, read a book. Uh, read a book. I've got my piano. Go. Uh, go. <laughs> we have a funny story regarding a piano uh, later later on in, in this show, actually. So just stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, yes, we do. I know you I know which one you're talking about, and as absolutely. well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we see we get some money at Rob because I know you have uh, the Robert Portal. Uh, yes, I do, and uh, yes. let me. Let me just pull that up, and uh, we'll jump right into that. Technology. Whoa, it decided to work today. Huh. Oh, isn't that a happy coincidence? Okay. 
See, I'm not even going to edit that out because that's just fun. People get to see behind the scenes of what goes on. No, no, you don't. You don't have to edit it out. They, they uh, I'm pretty sure they're aware of my uh, short fuse when it comes to technology. <laughs> okay, so the first match we had was Asuka defeating Liv Morgan in 11 minutes and 10 seconds uh, via submission. Okay. Um. You know, I give Liv Morgan credit here. I think, I think she is getting better in the ring. Um, but the fact that she lasted 11 minutes and 10 seconds with Asuka, I mean, that just doesn't compute to me. What, what is her character supposed to be? I thought, like, um, I mean, well, I, they, I don't, they, they, they had all these vignettes for her about how she was, like, rebuilding herself and stuff. Well, because remember the 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 wedding stuff, the wedding storyline, and the, no, I get that, yeah, but no, it no, is... no, but but just hear me, hear me out, because if you if you if you let me um if you just let me finish, okay. it, it'll it'll make more sense. So the 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 wedding angle and and the subsequent uh, lesbian love thing, yep, that storyline got dumped. So now, okay, right. Now we kind of have to figure out uh, where she's gonna go from there. And, and before you go on, um, after right. after after our Rob report, we're gonna. I just remembered we're gonna bring up the Ronda Rousey comments as well. Okay, very good. Yeah, and, and that'll fit in considering that she was on Raw. Um, but um, and the other the and the other thing regarding uh. The the wedding storyline apparently uh, last week um, Bobby Lashley said you know maybe I shouldn't be uh, involved in this marriage because of um, because of Lana costing him his WrestleMania match against Aleister Black so the plot thickens there. Oh my goodness! Um, and next up, and this is something that I hate. Uh, we ha- we had an immediate uh, WrestleMania rematch, the same match, where the Street Profits defeated Angel Garza and Austin Theory uh, in nine minutes and thirty seconds. Um, excuse me, um, but I don't need to be seeing uh, this match four times in one week. Thank you very much. And then I believe we got tuned into a. Uh... A six-person tag. Uh, yeah, we had like three different variations of this match, which took up which took up forty-five minutes of Monday Night Raw. Wow. Um, I need to check. <laughs> <laughs> well, you un- you unlucky bastard! Because let me let me break this down for you. So this whole thing, um, the highlight of this whole thing was Bianca Belair. Yeah. Uh, debuting on on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Right. Which 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 I love the I love Bianca Belair. So I'm very I'm very um, I'm very hopeful that she doesn't get buried so, along with with her so, fellow NXT counterparts. So hold on, is she your new Becky Lynch? <laughs> she very well might be, my friend. <laughs> um, although although I I would I will say this. 
Um, I would be less concerned about taking on uh, Seth Rollins than I would Montez Ford. Okay. Because, <laughs> because, <laughs> because if, I'll tell you what, if Montez Ford has the balls to, you know, to, to do that insane flip onto, um, onto, um, the steel ramp and damn near break his back. I'm not sure if I'm coming after his woman. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, one, no, number one, I'm, I'm not that kind of guy, but two, I don't have that death wish. So, but once again, we digress because we're a fun podcast. But moving back to business, um, so to your point, we had three matches involving uh, the Street Profits, um, Angel Garza and Austin Theory, because we had the original match with nine minutes and 30 seconds, and then following Bianca Belair's introduction, where she she debuted in the middle of the first match, but she was doing the hair flip while her husband was getting her ass kicked in the ring. So that was a little bit confusing. Well, it's why I stopped you there because uh, the second match, I actually enjoyed uh, Bianca Belair and Selena Vega. That was a good match. Yeah, all four minutes and 30 seconds of it. But then it got turned into a six-person tag, which went five minutes. So it, it was just a lot of uh, it was a lot of TV time there. Speaking of a lot of TV time and completely out of left field, and this is oh my god, I hated this. Oh, so much. Alistair Black defeated Apollo Cruz. Can you guess the amount of time that this match took? I couldn't tell you. Just, just give me a ballpark guess, just for shits and grins. Three minutes? No, 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 no. Allow me to to entertain you. Okay. It was it was nine times that long, and it went twenty seven minutes long. What? Oh yes, it was twenty seven minutes and thirty seconds to be precise, which means. Which means that the entire time that uh, Apollo Crews was on SmackDown, he never had this much ring time the entire oh. time he was there. Oh, 27 uh, minutes. 27 oh. minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, now, that's way too long. <laughs> now, here are the gaps in logic, which to me just sprung to my attention. Uh, very quickly. Uh, number one is the one I just mentioned. Uh, number two being the fact that Aleister Black and and Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania went seven minutes. Uh, okay, why don't why don't we why don't we add a little bit bit of time to that match if it's going to be at WrestleMania, even though the match itself had no right to be on the show. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to put something on WrestleMania, give it a little bit of time. Uh, and number three, you expect me now to take Apollo Crews seriously as a legitimate threat to Aleister Black. And, and listen to me, this has nothing to do with 
Apollo Crews as a former. I actually think he's been criminally under underused, and he's he's an insanely uh, talented and athletic guy. Used to be an ROH. Exactly, Uha Nation. Yep. We've seen that he's incredibly talented. It's just that when um, when you have more time in the ring in one night than an entire year on SmackDown. And you want me to see as a threat to Alistair Black? I'm sorry, I have an issue doing that. Um, so next up, we had Cedric Alexander and Rick Shea defeating Ernie Lorcan and Danny Birch in three minutes and forty seconds. I swear, my head hurts. <laughs> I don't understand this. What is? What is WWE's aversion to quality tag team wrestling on the main roster? Why, why, why uh, do they hate tag team wrestling? Uh, yeah, well, somebody needs to send a, a memo to, to Vince McMahon asking that very question. You know, because you, you know when, I was a, when I was a kid, do you know all the tag teams that were around at that time? There were like a lot of tag teams, Killer Bees, Strike Force, Heart Foundation, Demolition, Powers of Pain, Road Warriors. Well, well, somebody, somebody needs to include that in a memo to Vince McMahon because I'll tell you what, WWE is where tag team wrestling goes to die. And it's for that very reason that I don't blame the revival and, at and all. Include. Let me add another team that Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas. Exactly. Um, so, aside from our uh, bitch fest uh, that we had in, in defense of tag team wrestling, uh, we had uh, Seth Rollins defeating Jobber Number One and Denzel Dejanay or whatever the hell. Actually, uh, this guy, yeah, you'd say Jobber Number One. He's uh, on the NXT minor roster because I've I've seen his name on uh, live events. Okay, and then and then in my annual or I should say my daily bathroom break when it comes to Monday Night Raw, uh -oh. uh, came in the form of the return of Nia Jax. Days daily, you watch Raw every day. <laughs> no, I should have said weekly, but you get my point. <laughs> uh, Nia Jax return. Can we get a golf clap? I don't give a shit. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, poor Diana Perazzo. My point exactly. My point exactly. But oh, once again, know. it just proves that WWE has no logic and insists on pushing someone to the moon. What does WWE stand for? We want, we want explanations. explanations. Exactly. Oh God! And we actually did pull that off in tandem. Very good. Uh, next up, we had Humberto Carrillo versus Brendan Vink. I don't care. <laughs> I, really I, I believe Brendan Vink. I believe it's another NXT dude. I truly don't give a shit. Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, apparently, and this is breaking news to me. Apparently. In the year 2020, oh. Big Show 
Main event in <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> oh my god. This was ridiculous. I can't believe this happened. What in the hell is <laughs> I'm just I'm okay. No no hold on, wait wait. Is Biggie is Big Show a heel again? I don't know. Apparently, <laughs> he has he has more heel and face turns than I change my underwear. <laughs> oh, bad image. Sorry, uh, Well, you know it's a bad image when I have to see Big Show uh, main eventing WrestleMania when he wasn't even on the fucking show. Ah, my. Oh, oh dear. Uh, Okay, and yet we couldn't get Drew McIntyre a better showcase than that. I mean, I'm sorry. In 2020, a victory over Big Show doesn't mean jack shit. I'm sorry. Um, so that's our review of Monday Night Raw. And uh, with that in mind, we will jump right over to uh, NXT. Um, let's see what we have here. NXT. So this week, NXT uh, had matches that were slated to take place at NXT Takeover, which was canceled uh, shortly after these matches were done. I believe is that that's what you said, right? I uh, either right before or right after, but yeah. Okay, so in the first match, we had a ladder match for the term of the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. It was Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae versus Chelsea Green versus Dakota Kai versus Mia Yim versus Tegan Knox, and Io Shirai climbed the ladder to retrieve the briefcase, so she will move on to challenge Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Championship. But to, okay, and, and like I said, I, I have, well, uh, as I'm going to say it, um, I have no problem with the result or the match. The match was was really good. Yeah. Um, but here, here's, here's the minute issue that I have with it. Oh, okay. No, 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 very small. It's, it's not, it's not even a, really a criticism. It's just okay. a, Observation. To me, uh, Io Shirai was the only logical choice because no no one else has been built up as a possible threat. And also, I think uh, I heard that she was uh, she was uh, uh, thinking about leaving and going back to Japan. Uh, so I think this is a way to like keep her like in WWE. Yeah, but but then again, like and and all and like I said, Io Shirai is <laughs> wonderful. I have no yep. complaints whatsoever. Yep, I like Io Shirai. Given Charlotte's booking at WrestleMania, do you really think that that they're gonna take 
the belt off of her and give it to Io Shirai? No. See, and that's the issue that I have. Uh, yeah, that, that's belt. also good. I mean, that... Why have this kind of match when it's so obvious that Charlotte Flair is your golden child? I mean, because, you know, we I said last week in our um, – in our uh, WrestleMania review that I gave the show a 4 out of 16 in terms of matches I enjoyed. And that wasn't necessarily true, but I, um, I, because I did, I, I enjoyed Charlotte Flair and, and Rhea Ripley very much. I thought that the match was good. What soured me on it and why I didn't mention it in my grade was that the result was terrible in my mind. Uh, because to me, it was so obvious that Rhea Ripley had to take that win because of the way that she was being built up. And to have her lose the championship a month after she won it to someone that's not even on the NXT roster is... It's just mind-boggling to me. However, did you uh, read uh, the reason behind that? Uh, no, I didn't see that. Oh, apparently, uh, apparently she, she had to return to Australia to uh, get her visa renewed. Work, work, work well, visa no, renewed. no, that was debunked. That's all bullshit. Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah, she, uh, yeah, she debunked that herself, and oh, and I had, I had, I had a reliable source. Uh, myself telling me that that was all bullshit. So I don't, I don't well, know. What, what, what do people do with them? Why, why, why you take the belt off her then? I don't know because they're obsessed and, and someone has a boner for Charlotte Flair. <laughs> and, okay. And, 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 and let, me, let me be very, very clear, okay? Some people criticize charlotte flair because they they find her in-ring style to be boring and and predictable and and whatever whatever the case may be and and they're not they're not entirely wrong in my mind she's an extremely talented wrestler who who doesn't even have to rely on her last name to get over um because i like i said i think she's extremely talented in her own right and she's proven that um what, where where I have a bit of a problem is she's booked like the golden child, um, much like Roman Reigns is. And to me, uh, that does so much more damage to their image because when you force feed the fans something to, to, the, to the degree that John Cena was force fed, it, it it loses its it loses its appeal. So while while personally I I I love Charlotte as a as an in ring performer, um, I I get tired of of her being booked like she can't lose. Um, and and in the case of her match with Rhea Ripley, I just think it it was the wrong decision because. Um, one, Charlotte's not even on on NXT, and, and what was the purpose of her winning the NXT title other than to give her another accolade? Where whereas you had Rhea Ripley win, you know, then it doesn't hurt Charlotte at all because of her 
resume that she's already accomplished, and it really helps build somebody new. So um, who? So so who be who beats her for the championship next? My my guess is still Rhea Ripley, but at that at that at that point it just becomes too late because the damage was done at WrestleMania, in my opinion. Um, speaking okay. of uh, speaking of uh, WrestleMania, uh, there's something else that I want to get involved um, into a discussion with. Uh, oh, later on. yeah, go on. Um, and. And and that's this. Why why is it? Okay, okay. Here's 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 what here's what I'm gonna say. Um, before before I get off track, I I re I rewatched the Firefly Funhouse. Okay. Because I was I was very confused by it the first time I saw it. I was like, what the hell is going on? And I was ready to, to, to just rail against it. But I'm, I'm like, no, because I had, the, I had that thought the first time I saw um, the Firefly Funhouse promo uh, when they introduced um, uh, Bray Wyatt's new character. So I'm like, hmm, let me go back and take another look at this and see if I can see if I can make some sense out of it. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think what they're trying to, what they were trying to do was illustrate the mind and the world of Bray Wyatt in that segment um, by going behind the door and kind of diving into his psyche and his history with uh, John Cena and the purpose of going through John Cena's uh, gimmick history, and I think, and I think when when John was talking about you know him being the most overhyped uh, star in history, he was actually talking about himself and not Bray Wyatt. So if if you go back and look and look at that um, look at that segment, because like I said, I can't call it a match because it wasn't one. Um, but if you go and look at the Firefly Funhouse uh, through that lens, I think it makes a lot more sense. Okay. Uh, now, th- that being said, there were still parts of it I, I didn't understand, uh, such as the NWO part um, and, and all of that. So some, so some of it still has to be explained to me, but I think I think if you look at it through the lens of Bray Wyatt's psyche versus versus looking at it as a traditional match, I think it makes slightly more sense. Okay. Um, so that that's something that I wanted to get into um, while we were on the subject of of WrestleMania. Okay. Um, and then um, you know, uh, next up on uh, NXT. Um, Going going back to that, I know we I know we go off on a lot of the tangents on this show, but it, you know, as as we as we talk, we just have lights go off in our heads. Um, but uh, speaking of NXT, the ne- the next uh, 
match was um, tag team what? match. In this sure defeating Ever Rise. All right, and I thought they were Bivens Enterprises, but apparently they got a new name, and they should have stuck with Bivens Enterprises because Indestructor just sucks. This is this is a and Rinku Singh. Rinku Singh is actually an actor, I believe. Okay, well, well, from what I see, and I'm gonna try to be fair because clearly they're green as fucking grass. <laughs> yep. But uh, I, I'm not. Well, well, no, I, I've never seen them. I have to. Say, I don't know if they were on uh, the NXT that I well, watched well, that that, I, that we get here because we only get one hour here. Well, if you poor bastard, <laughs> because NXT is the best thing on WWE. I know, uh, right? They give, us, they, they give us two hours of SmackDown and one hour of NXT. Come on. Well, that's just that's just fucking criminal. I know. Uh, quite frankly. Uh, and I, I, I like to sincerely apologize to you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, let's and see. In the main event, this was your match. Tony Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Okay, now, in terms of storytelling, uh, in terms of their history, I thought that this was really, really good. Uh, it, it got me emotionally and, and they had me here, here is what, here is where I had some minor issues with it. The one part that I didn't like was, um, was, um, Kansas LeRae getting involved and pretending to low blow Gargano and then he, he, Revealed that he was wearing a cup, and then he low blowed uh, Tommaso Ciampa. And the reason why I didn't like that is because the match was advertised as Blackheart versus Rebel Heart, one final beat. So I really, I really would have anticipated that being the end of of the feud, unless they chose not to do that until until crowds get back, but then don't advertise that as one final beat at that point. If you're going to do it at that point, the way that they did it, then then don't have it be a low blow finish. So I really didn't like that part, but in terms of everything else, and in terms of the psychology, and Tommaso Ciampa showing regret and care toward him before before the um, the ending, I thought that was great. I thought that the um, the that the dialogue between them was was great as the match was going on. A uh, very um, very physical match, a very long match, um, and that's another um, that's another criticism because if I'm going to criticize Edge and Randy Orton for the length of the match. I have to do the same for um, for Johnny and Tommaso, even though even though I love um, uh, Tommaso. The, and the reason why I didn't really like the ending was because it was so physical and so um, so demanding. Um, so to to me, the the ending just felt like a cop out. Um, so, so this one was uh, 35 minutes and 21 seconds. 
Well, that's not that's not the time that I have on this one. Uh, well, what, are you, the, what, are you, what are you looking at? The time that I see on on four one one mania was a forty eight minutes. Oh, okay, I'm on wrestling data. Um. Well, I don't I don't know which one to trust. I will I will say it did feel like this match went a very long time. So I I think they could I I think they could have cut it down a little bit, especially given the ending of the match, because I really don't think that this is the end. If they're going to have Candice LeRae uh, be the reason that Tommaso Ciampa lost, because obviously, obviously you're going to have uh, Tommaso come back for revenge, and and you know that Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano are not getting fired. Now, I, have, so, I have to ask, um, the first time DIY was together. Then Tommaso turned on Johnny Gargano. So Tommaso was a heel. So now is it the other way around this time? Tommaso's yes. a oh, so Tommaso's a face and Johnny Gargano's a heel. Okay. Right. You can never tell with these two. Like, well, no, but, but that's part of what I like about, yeah, uh, no, about this you can never tell with these because two. it's yeah. yeah, because it's it's such a uh, it's such a study in wrestling psychology. So the the only part that I really didn't like was was the length of it because parts of it did drag on, um, and and also the low low finish because you know if if this isn't going to be the end of them, then don't advertise it as such. Mm-hmm. And then okay. and then I don't I don't know if you caught this, but it was very clear that. Uh, Killer Cross and Scarlett Bardot were the ones in the car. As Candice LeRae and uh, oh, I saw that. Yeah, and uh, Johnny were, were driving away. So I don't know how yeah, that's. I, gonna, saw, I saw that. I, I don't know how that. that's going to play out, but um, but I am very excited about Killer Cross coming to NXT. Um, I think he's going to be a great fit, and I I personally think that he got screwed by Impact Wrestling. Uh, so I'm I'm very glad that he got out of that situation and is coming to NXT because I think he could be a a, a, a really really big deal. So let me ask you, I, because I've brought this up in the past. Um, have you ever have you gotten to see any MLW? No. No. Okay. Um, because. He was recently on MLW. He had a one mat, no, two matches on on a major league wrestling before uh, uh, before signing with the NXT. Yeah, I, like I said, I I have to go back. It's just there's there's so much wrestling that I just oh, I always right. for, I always forget. You know, uh, you don't know what to watch first. You know, because another product that I want to get into is NXT UK, and then I always forget. Uh, same with MLW. Well, the, the, the NXT UK has no more shows now as of uh, yet um, Thursday. They're, they've started uh, airing highlight shows. Yeah, I mean, this this is just going to – I mean, this it comes back to what we discussed to open the show. Uh, the coronavirus is going to break down a lot of things. Um, so hopefully, hopefully wrestling can return, but uh, to to what it once was, uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, that being said, I don't th- I don't think it's going to happen as quickly as as some of us would like it to. 
All right. So um, we say we uh, take a break and we'll be back with our review of AEW Dynamite. Gentlemen, we are back. We're gonna get into AEW Dynamite now. And uh, oh, Ben, did you see AEW Dynamite this week? I did. Uh, which thing of this week's show? Um, I thought it was a little, uh, I thought the matches were good, but I, it's just, I don't know about you, but I'm having trouble getting invested with these empty arena shows. E, yeah, you know, um, it's not. It's not the same as what WWE is giving us because they're like totally empty arena where AEW has like wrestlers from the roster in the crowd to act as an audience. Right. But like how long, how much longer can they, because a lot of this, they filmed in one night. They just split it up into different weeks, into like separate weeks. Yeah, apparently, um, Apparently, they have a lot more content uh, taped than WWE right now, so they have a lot in the tank. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. TNT, and I will not fight. TNT, I'm a power load. TNT, watch me So our first match is Lance Archer defeating Allen Angels. And Lance Archer, we get a Jake the Snake Roberts uh, promo before Lance Archer makes his entrance. I, lo- I love Jake Roberts promos. I could, I could listen to them all day long. <laughs> Just, wow. Before you go on, um, have you seen Pick Your Poison? No. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I'm, I believe it's on YouTube. Uh, look up Jake Snake Roberts' Pick Your Poison. Uh, I believe the whole uh, video documentary is on there. Okay. Cool. All right. Next, we have what I thought was one of the better women matches. It was Hikaru Shida defeating Britt Baker. Britt Baker suffered a bloody nose in this one. She might have broke her nose, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, was, she, looked, she looked beat. Oh. It looked like she broke her own because she was bleeding and yeah. Ugh. I felt I felt bad for her. Did I, how about her post interview? What she said, she's lucky he grew. She was lucky she didn't touch her teeth, but even if she did, she's a dentist. Yeah, she she's she's definitely an effective feel. She has to get the dentist line in. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit redundant, but I get it. The next one, I didn't like this match at all. Best friends defeating Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa. Now, this match... Anything involving Michael, Michael Nak- Nakazawa or whatever the hell his name is makes me sick. Yeah. I, I mean, the only thing, and, you know... <sighs> Anything with body oil, I just uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but, here, but to put things in perspective, right? So you you know that I have a I have a soft spot for 
Luke Gallows because we have mutual friends, right? So, but that that being said, oh God, I um, uh, one I've I've seen him put body oil on, and and two, it's just I've I've seen I've seen interviews where he where he's doing it, and it just it makes me physically ill. So I just I have a aversion to that. So, but but that being said. The reason why I don't like it when Michael Nakazawa does it is, is just that's his whole gimmick is body oil, and I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, but he, he when he does it, it's just creepy. Well, that that's my point, and it's his whole gimmick, and I, I just yeah. don't care. And Billy, uh, um, did you catch uh, what uh, this match was all about? Apparently, uh, he wanted to call himself and Kenny Omega best friends. So it's uh, possible best friends versus possible best friends. The winners get to actually yeah. be called the best friends. Well, that's copyright infringement waiting to happen, or should I say gimmick infringement? Yeah, WCW 99. I'll tell you. I wasn't, I wasn't a fan. No, and then next we had Brody Lee defeating another jobber, Lee Johnson. Now I have a uh, question: What do you think about this about Brody Lee? I I like it. I like it so far. I I have I have to I have to see more, but so, um so far so good. But I don't I don't I'm starting to not like the vignettes though. Oh um why not? Every week, it's like something. Like, and uh, Cody Rose even had an interview where he said uh, he doesn't really see uh, Bradley as a Vince McMahon uh, type character. But, like, you can tell, like, in the vignettes, like, all the mannerisms. Yeah, uh, you're breaking up there, bro. Uh, I, was, I, I said, um, Cody Rhodes did an interview where he was asked about Brody Lee, and he said he doesn't see uh, Vince McMahon in the character, but you can tell in the vignettes there is always one mannerism or other. Uh, yeah, and he, he got a couple barbs in there, that's for sure. Yeah, they just get, you have to stop that, doing that stuff, though. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay, in the main event, it's the quarterfinal for the TNT title tournament. Cody defeating Sean Spears. Um, th- this was good. Um, you know, I, 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 I wasn't expecting the match to be that competitive. Um, mm-hmm. I, would, I would have thought Cody would have gotten the upper hand a lot quicker. Um, but um, you know. Sean, Sean Spears definitely got something. They got they got to do something more to push him because I think there's more there, mm-hmm. and I'm very surprised that they haven't uh, given how they started him in AEW with the with the chair shot to Cody, uh, and and giving him uh, Tully Blanchard as the manager. Um, so that kind that that's kind of mystifying, but maybe they're trying to. Uh, Pick that back up with this match. Um, and now, I, I, hope, I hope they. Uh, I hope they do because um, I think there's. I think there's more money to be made with Sean Spears and Cody Rhodes. Now I forgot to bring you up at the beginning of AEW. What you think about Jericho on uh, commentary? Oh, I loved it. Oh, that was that was great. I just I like Jericho on commentary. 
I, you know what? Anything Jericho touches uh, tends to turn to gold. So I'm, I'm there for all of it. I'm, I am a self-admitted Jericho holic at this point. (laughs) Yeah, Jericho (laughs) holic. I wonder what he would call his uh, fans if uh, nowadays the champion. He calls them. What would he call them? Them still, still Jericho holics. I don't know. Well, I don't know, but um, it's just I love Matt Hardy's promos with him, like. Hole of the ass, and the, you know, and oh, you the, like that the whole Matt Hardy thing, yeah, and the, and the Damascus thing. I, I can, I actually, I'm digging the, the broken universe coming back, okay. All right, so that's uh, the uh, AW Dynamite uh, episode for this week. I'm gonna throw it over to my co host for SmackDown, Ben. Oh, god, I have to come. Are you podcaster I, sh- I shall do my best to at least entertain you with my personality if not the content of- I can't believe I can't believe this show had five matches in total what in the oh. world <laughs> oh Christ it was terrible um, it, no it, it's un- it's unwatchable it, literally literally this this is my routine for SmackDown. I I sit down I have it on and I'm doing, I have it on in the background and I'm doing research for the podcast the entire time. Literally, like, it's just, this, this show is so uninteresting and so terrible to me. It, it just makes no sense. Okay, so strictly in, in the interest of not extending your pain, uh, let's get right back in, into it. So, uh, Braun Strowman arrives. Um, he says he took everything Goldberg had and puts him down. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura comes in. Shinsuke says he wants an opportunity. Um, since the last time that they were in the ring, Strowman lost, which which is a good point because. Strowman's been a loser this entire time before he won the Universal Championship, uh, which is why, which is why it was so controversial that he won the Universal Championship, and and we'll get more into that story in, in the main event. But the first match um, was another WrestleMania rematch. My my God, it's getting old at this point. Uh, champions Alexa Bliss. And Nikki Cross defended against the Kabuki Warriors. I feel so bad for the Kabuki Warriors at this point. I just wish they would go back to Japan where they could get treated better. Can, can, I, fact, can I say, you know what I really hate? I really hate when a website 
refers to a tag team as a certain name, even though they're not officially called that. And, and, and where are you seeing that right now? I saw that on Ringside News a couple of times. They refer well, to Nick. Ring, well, they, that explains it because Ringside News is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, they refer to Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss as Bliss Cross Applesauce. Okay, well, that's not official. That's a nickname, but it's not an official tag team name. So I know, I know that, but that's what I'm saying. I hate when uh, people do no, that. No, I'm they agreeing ref- with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just... Thank God they didn't do the uh, the 50-50 booking. But then again, the Kabuki Warriors are just getting buried, which absolutely mystifies me considering Asuka dominated NXT for two fucking years. And, and, and now she can't get a victory to save her freaking life. Uh, next up, Elias Hold on, before, before, you, before you go on, did she do comment? Did she get on the commentary? I thought uh, I saw... Oscar, I thought I saw that. No, because I, I, I think she was because she was in the match this time. She wasn't on commentary. Oh no, I thought she. Uh, there was a point during the match where she got on the headset. Um, if she did, I missed it. Okay. Probably because I was in the bathroom. Okay. All right. Which, which is a common occurrence during SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. All right, go on. Okay, so then Elias arrives and talks about uh, beating Corbin. I don't care. Uh, he sung a song about beating Corbin. I don't give a shit. <laughs> All right. We get highlights of, of, of Otis winning the affections of Mandy at Mania. Um, Dolph Ziggler uh, came out um, and was confronted by Tucker who had pictures to show them of the new happy couple. Uh, I don't give a... Well, I can't say that, because when Otis is involved, I, I do find that very entertaining. No, and uh, we, we were talking about how uh, not too long ago we were done with Heavy Machinery after their stupid New, new Day uh, segment with the pancakes, remember? Oh, my God. I, I, I still have nightmares about oh, that. Oh, Thank you for bringing up flashbacks. <laughs> I'm sure my I'm sure my sleep will be greatly disturbed by those images in my head. So thank you very much. It's okay, WrestleMania Six will take care of that. Um, <laughs> yes, it will. And then, oh my God, I hated this segment. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Kill me now. Uh, do me a favor, be a pal and stick a <laughs> screwdriver up my eyeball. Um, because it's time for the dirt sheet. Oh no! And number one, I I thought I thought Miz was home sick, so I don't know what he's doing back on. Yeah, you know on, when when I when I heard the the return of the dirt sheet, that was my first thought. Like, wait, I thought Miz was sick. Yeah, well, that's what I thought too. But uh, logic is not is not one of uh, WWE's strong points. Um, so then we have we have them saying that they're the greatest tag team ever, and they for some reason they showed clips of the Boneyard match in the middle of this segment, which I don't really um, which I don't really understand. 
Um, and then, then they go, the Usos show up and they want a title shot. The Miz claims he's not medically cleared. I wasn't even aware you were medically cleared to be in the goddamn <laughs> building, but that's beside the point. Um, well, hold on, I just thought of something. Oh, Lord. Now, next week they're going back live, right? So, could it, is it possible that these were already taped? It, it, it's perfectly possible because if, if if not, there's a significantly gap in lo- or significantly large gap in logic. But then again, to your point, it is perfectly possible. Okay, because I was looking at uh, the Monday Night Raw uh, shows on uh, another website, and uh, the date for that that said uh, March twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and said uh, Raw after WrestleMania. Oh God. Okay, well that makes more sense. Okay, and then and then the segment ends with Miz and Morrison providing a rap, or performing a rap song. At that point, I went uh, I went to puke, <laughs> and I, I I returned in time to see that the Forgotten Sons had debuted on Lucha House Party. I damn near forgot that the Forgotten Sons were employed. I guess, I guess, right. I, guess that, I guess that's why their name is so apropos. Uh, I can't and, believe um, I can't believe Bill Charles pretty still a thing. Once once again, there's not there's nothing I can say. You're you're preaching to the choir there, brother. Because I I agree with you, but there's just nothing I can say. You know if. Um, if WWE still wants to pay them, and I'm not saying that they're they're not talented because in the ring they are, but when they're not being used and WWE still wants to pay them, yep. kudos to them for collecting a paycheck. That's the best that I can say. Um, after that, uh, Dana and Carmilla want a uh, tag team t- title shot. Um, which I have no idea why they would put Dana and Carmella together. Perhaps they should be called the Irrelevance. Oh and, man! And speaking oh. of the of the only relevant news concerning Carmella, I now I saw this on the site we used to work for, and I'm not sure how true it is, but I've heard that Carmella um, was one of the ones diagnosed with coronavirus yeah so, yes yes but that has yet to be confirmed anywhere else um so i don't know if that's true yeah i heard that as well but uh, who knows if that's true or not okay and then we got sasha banks and bailey in the ring uh bailey talks about Paige ruining their friendship at mania but failing uh they uh Conveniently, um, they conveniently skip over the fact that um, Bailey low-key screwed Sasha Banks at Mania, while Sasha still came back to help her at the end. Uh, Tamina shows up, and every, every every time Tamina shows up, I tend to fall asleep because uh, I I'm just not interested and in, I can't figure out why she's still employed. Um. But that not that being said, um, 
uh, Sasha and Bailey back off of her, and Bailey um, Bailey says that if um, if Sasha or if Tamina can beat Sasha next week, she'll get a uh, she'll get a women's championship match. Sasha will confuse as hell, and um, and uh, Bailey was reassuring. So it looked like. Uh, it looked like um, Tamina was right when she said, uh, "Your sis just screwed you." So I'll see you next week. So that was that was the most entertaining out of this. And here's here's a question for you uh, concerning our next our next squash match here. Have you ever heard of Wayne Bloom? Yeah. Okay. Who is that? Okay, Wayne Bloom. Hold on. I'll tell you that right now because uh, Wayne Bloom was in the WBF, WBE in the nine. No, you mean Cal Bloom? No, I'm asking who Wayne Bloom is because they were bringing they were bringing him up considering Cal Bloom is oh, his son. Okay, so but Wayne, I don't, I don't so, know who okay. Wayne Bloom is. Wayne Bloom, Wayne Bloom was in the WBF in the 1990s. If you remember, a team called the Beverly Brothers. No. I don't. Uh, okay, uh, go look them up on uh, YouTube. Uh, look up Beverly Brothers, but also Wayne Bloom. Prior to that, he was one half of the Destruction Crew with um, Mike Enos in the AWA. Okay, uh, I will. I will have so, to. So uh, he, he was an AWA eighties uh, guy, WF early nineties uh, wrestler. Okay, very good. And he was. They were man. They were managed by Lenny Poffo. Uh, very good. Uh, I um I saw Lanny Poffo as a uh, as an academic uh, as an academic personality known as the genius earlier this evening. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Oh, okay. I want to um, hear this. I I know I know my my transitions. You have to say my transitions are at the very least interesting. So Cal Bloom was defeated by Sheamus in a minute and twelve seconds, and they were they were putting they were putting him over because he's the son of Wayne Bloom, and that's yeah. where I got confused. Yeah, I saw it just now. I didn't know I didn't know that, so, but so that when we said Wayne, we said Wayne, but I didn't know that until you said Wayne Bloom. So I'm like, okay. Okay. So Ooh, then, history lesson number one. Oh, what's that? Oh boy! Right there, history lesson number one. I I took you on a time travel trip back to the eighties and nineties. Uh, well, you you'll have you'll have plenty of opportunity to take me back to the early nineties in our next segment. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, and then it was really weird. Um, we get part one of a retrospective on Jeff Hardy. So apparently he's coming. Uh, back for the second time okay. in a few weeks. Uh, we get an announcement for Money in the Bank qualifiers. I don't care because it's just they shouldn't be having this Money in the Bank uh, pay-per-view. How, how, how are they going to have Money in the Bank in the, the condition that everything's in right now? Well, they're going to take it's it not, you know, It's not going to be the same. I know it's it's just terrible. All right, and then main event wise, we have 
Uh, Braun Strowman versus Shinsuke Nakamura with Cesaro at ringside. Uh, the match was the match was terrible. Poor Shinsuke. Yeah, I mean the poor the poor son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean he's too he's too talented for this. And Break, I'm sorry. I I mean I know we've been rambling on Bray since his comments about the Indies, but besides all that. He can't wrestle well. He's not very, you know, he's not very good. I mean, he, he he can't wrestle worth a fuck. I can wrestle better than he can, and I'm in a wheelchair, and I and I have a reason for saying that. There there's some there's something you don't know, but I'll bring that up during WrestleMania six. Okay. But it, it's just every time. Every time Braun is on the screen, I just lose interest nowadays. So speaking of Braun, since he won the Universal Championship at Mania, Bray wants a shot at him, and apparently they bring up the history between Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. And I have to say, even though the match makes sense from from a storyline perspective, I have no interest in seeing Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. One, because Braun Strowman doesn't deserve to be in the ring with him. And two, uh, one of these people are getting buried um, as a result of this situation. And if Braun Strowman wins, then there's no point in even having Bray Wyatt be employed by WWE at this point. Because he would be so damaged. So if Braun Strowman wins, I don't give a fuck. And then if um, if um, if Bray Wyatt wins, then Braun was just a transitional champion. So there's really no there's really no upside in this scenario. So it sucks. Um, and uh, we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back with our. Second, well, actually, our third WrestleMania retrospective. Uh, last week we did WrestleMania three and WrestleMania eighteen. Uh, this week we will be returning once again to uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, because my Canadian cohort loves to talk about his home, and so we picked WrestleMania six. Because it took place in the Sky Dome. Well, you picked WrestleMania 6 because you really wanted to see it. Okay, well, no, I, was, <laughs> I was trying to go with a theme, but you ruined it. But that being said, we'll be right back with the trip in the DeLorean back in time to WrestleMania 6. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And before we get into our next segment, we have to bring up one piece of news that we... We got to include in our news package. Ben, what do you have for us? So apparently Ronda Rousey is now on the hot seat because she went on Steve-O's podcast. I don't know why you would go on Steve-O's podcast, but she did. And within her appearance, she uh, she took some advice from Edge and went after uh, fans saying that she loved being in the locker room and she loved performing, but she really um, she really didn't like the quote-unquote fucking fans um, 
for being so uh, apparently nasty to her uh, during her run, and, and she she didn't appreciate their treatment of her um, because when she was in the ring doing fake wrestling. Now, I don't necessarily have an issue with those comments uh, because one, that's her opinion, and I don't, I don't get my feelings hurt over someone else's opinion. Uh, but two, she's got a point because you and I uh, don't like a certain segment of wrestling fans, and I think in this case, she was referring to the to the really outspoken uh, critic critics of her run there, and the reason why I'm not one of them. Uh, is because I actually thought that she, that she did a very good job um, with the performance aspect of of WWE. I mean, I th- I thought she took uh, to the to the in ring aspects of it a lot faster than um, other uh, professional wrestling outsiders that we see come in. So I, I didn't have an issue with her comments, but apparently the a lot of women had a had a problem with her calling it fake wrestling, even though she said she loved being in the locker room with them. Um, among others, Nia Jax said um, that if if she ever gets in the ring with. Um, with uh, Rhonda, she doesn't care about the consequences that she faces. She will knock her out. I uh, saw, I saw, I saw her uh, Zoom video uh, with her uh, talking about this, about uh, someone always, uh, always uh, hurting Alexa Bliss, and she and they said that she was talking about Ronda Rousey. Well, I, I didn't see that one, but um. And then, of all people, I actually kind of laughed at this one because Lana is not exactly a wrestler. <laughs> um, but Lana got very offended that she, she called wrestling fake. She's pretty freaking popular on TikTok. Jeez. <laughs> well, well, as is, um, well, as is a lot of uh, different people. Yeah. Um, but um, oh god. <laughs> Who was it that had a, had a very, I think it was Liv Morgan. Uh, but, it, God, what? I, I, I had to, I had, I no, don't. No, no, was it like Bliss? I, I don't, I don't remember, but there, there's a, there's a very popular uh, video on TikTok right now. I have oh, to, oh I, sorry, sorry, so that Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. So I have to, I have to send that to you, but uh, <clears throat> but we we digress. So yeah, Rhonda, it'll it'll be very interesting to see how the um how the the powers that be in WWE handle that comment. But mm-hmm. apparently, um, she's getting some backlash from. The roster, but uh, but I don't I don't really see backlash coming her way because let's be honest, it's 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 Ronda Rousey, and if if um if The Rock didn't get in trouble for mentioning weed on the air, I don't think that 
Ronda is going to get in trouble for calling it fake wrestling. Um, so, so some people had a problem with that, but as we know, wrestling fans tend to have sensitive egos. So mm-hmm. I didn't really have an issue with that. But um, so that was the piece of news that we forgot. And with that being said, uh, we will move into our review of WrestleMania six. Upon the examination of the galaxies of space, images begin to appear. Images of strange and powerful forces. But of all the forces in the universe, the two most powerful, Hulk Hogan. And the ultimate warrior, prepared to explode. Champion versus champion, title for title. It's the ultimate challenge. It's WrestleMania! run down a few of the other events that, that took place on April the 1st. From bottom to top, we had WrestleMania 28 on April 1st, 2012. Right. WrestleMania 23, April 1st, 2007. WrestleMania 17, April 1st, 2001. And WrestleMania 6, April 1st, 1990. Well, apparently April 1st is a very popular day in wrestling history. Um, (laughs) But, um, so, the first match on the main card was was Rick Martel defeating Coco Beware. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I don't know what it is, but that's like the second squash match I've seen from out of Coco Beware, so... What was he a glorified jobber or was he a bigger deal? Because I know he's the I know he's a Hall of Famer. Okay. Oh no, on this one he had he had the blonde hair, right? With the blue streak. Is that right? No no, he didn't have that at this point. Okay. Um I believe um he was uh this was around the time where he was slowly um finishing up with WWE. Okay. Like well, he, no. he he was in that uh, tag team with he was also in that tag team with um Owen Hart the high energy. Yeah, I I remember yeah. that. I I guess I guess his career took place earlier than I thought it did. Yeah, he was uh, more like in the um mid to late eighties around in the. UWF, the Universal Wrestling Federation, those other territories down south around Tennessee, and that yeah. that part of. Uh, well, I got I got confused because, like I said, both times that I've seen him in WrestleMania matches, he got jobbed out, and I. I also knew he was a WWE Hall of Famer, but I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I don't remember him having a 
particularly successful career overall in WWE. So he was more successful. He was more successful prior to WWE. Right. Okay. And then um, this was actually a match I enjoyed. Up next was Demolition versus uh, the Colossal Connection. And this I, was a good match. Now I didn't I didn't know about the Colossal Connection, but I I um I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Yep. Uh, Andre the Giant and Haku. I was actually surprised that they that they lost, but given given how um. They were actually the tag team champions. Uh, right, right, and then, and then and then they they lost them to demolition. Um, mm-hmm. coming out of this match, but the interaction at the end between Bobby Heenan and Andre. Um, you see Andre like a pounding. <laughs> yeah, he like paintbrushed him. It was hilarious. Um and. Trust me, this was uh, this was the first of what seemed like many appearances. And and then um, oh sorry, and then Andre um, after this, would go on um, move on to I believe it was SummerSlam, uh, where he would be in the corner of the Bushwhackers for their uh, tag team match. I can't recall offhand who they faced though. So I guess Andre turned face after this. Yes, this was uh, his face turn at WrestleMania six. Uh, right, okay. Well, that makes sense. And then we had um, Earthquake defeating Hercules. I, th- I thought Earthquake was going to have a heart attack right in the middle of the ring. My God, he was in such terrible shape. Um, no wonder it went less than five minutes. Um, and then uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake defeated Mr. Perfect. I was shocked by this. I would not have anticipated that at all. Um, and uh, I got a kick out of seeing Lainey Poffo as the genius uh, in the corner of Mr. Perfect. Um, I, but literally, I was, I was floored that um, Mr. Perfect lost. I was, I was quite pissed off, actually. Um, Bad News Brown defeated... Um, or Bad News Brown and Ro- Rowdy Roddy Piper um, ended in a double countout. I found this match to be confusing as fuck. Oh, and why is that? To tell you the truth, because I couldn't figure out. I know the explanation that they gave, but I was very thrown off by uh, by the half black um, body paint that that Ronnie Piper had on it. I just, I found that to be very odd. Okay, so prior to WrestleMania, in the build-up to leading to this match, Piper and Banners Brown, Banners Brown seemed to have an issue with uh, Ronnie Piper and like, just like, um, just like uh, talking down to him about uh, his uh, upbringing in Calling him like all sharecroppers and all that. So, so, um, Benny Brown was like, Roddy Piper said he doesn't represent just one person, he represents everyone. So, whether it's black, white, red, orange, green, blue, it doesn't matter. It's all the same to him. So, to make his point, he showed up in black. So, to make his point, he, 
did the half black half white uh, face paint. Oh and boy, that's <laughs> what I that's where uh, that. Uh, I'm betting that caused a, a massive problem. <laughs> I, I'm just, I, you know, I'm betting that was that was controversial. Uh, was it? Uh, around that time, well, right, a lot of what the, a lot of the things Ronnie Pepper did at that time uh, was controversial. Well, you, a lot you, of the uh, stuff he uh, said and did. I'll tell you one thing: you can't get away with that today. My <laughs> God, he would have been burned at the stake before he left the, the building. Yep. Um, and he, he, even back then, I would have been nervous for his health. <laughs> uh, but good Lord, um, and you know, uh. After this, we had the Hart Foundation defeating the Bushevics, but it really wasn't a match. No, I, 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 I told you, if, if you blink, you would have missed it. 19, right. se- 19 seconds. <laughs> right, and I was, I was kind of thrown, I was really thrown off by this because the promo beforehand, they had a piano in the shower. Ugh. Um, at which point the Bolsheviks um, demanded that um, Steve that the, Steve Allen Steve Allen. That, yeah, that's, that's that's the guy's name that was at the piano. Yeah. Right, and and they demanded that the Soviet uh, national anthem be played in the shower. <laughs> Um, with a piano, yeah, this was, when the guy was when the guy was wearing a tuxedo. Yeah, this just turned as like a comedy segment, like short comedy skit. What in the hell was that? Um, yeah. But but you know, th- but then again, I had to remind myself that this was a very different time, as evidenced by the black body paint being worn by Roddy Piper. Um, and then. After that, we had the Barbarian with Bobby Heenan defeating uh, Tito Santana. Now, after um, after this match, Bobby Heenan said, or b- right before the match, um, they aired an interview with Gino Groin and, and Bobby Heenan and saying that he was going to get new family members. So I assume the Barbarian joined the family after defeating Santana. Now, I... Uh, I would have anticipated uh, um, Santana winning this match, having never seen this pay-per-view before. Uh, but I got a kick out of that because I actually was involved in an, in an angle uh, at one of the uh, independent um, shows that I'm associated with. I was in an angle uh, with the Barbarian. Uh-oh. Um, so... So, a, a few a few months before that, I had um, I had walked the aisle to do some of the announcing uh, for for that for that show. Um, that that was on you know before the Barbarian came on, and um, so the story behind that was I had I had I had been training for like a year and a half. And it was like the first time I had walked in in public since I was like 12 years old. So it was, it was a really big deal that I was able to do that. So um, to, to make it even more special, they put me 
and, and, and an angle with um, the Barbarian as a following show. And so the, um, the opponent that Barbarian was wrestling, he cut a, pro- he cut a promo on me um, to, to start the evening where he said, you know, now the last, the last time I was in this building, I kicked the shit out of Shane Douglas and sent him out of Elite Pro Wrestling. Um, and um, and I was expecting all the news to be about me and blah blah blah. And I went on Facebook to talk about how to see all the people talk about how great I did. And the only um, and the only thing I I saw was about this guy running a wheelchair gimmick. Uh, you know Ben Pierce. You know, and and so uh, and so after the after um, this guy and uh, Barbarian had their match, um, uh, Barbarian like held uh, held um, his arms back, and I I slapped the guy. So it was just kind of funny. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, PNC exclusive. That was cool. Yeah, that uh, yeah, wow. and uh, yeah, and then I I got a picture with with them both afterwards, and uh, actually, Barbarian was really cool. Uh, he was very nice. Um, that, so that Jay, you've seen his niece, right? Who? His niece, Lady Tapa. Oh uh, yeah, in uh, Impact Wrestling. In, uh, Impact. In, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually surprised I haven't seen her since. I know, right? Um, but uh, just a just a cool little side story I thought I'd share. You would think that uh, she'd be end up in WWE. Well, obviously, what if Nia Jax can end up right in uh, WWE? No, no, I mean nothing personal against Nia Jax, but I'm I'm just talking as a wrestler. I don't find her very entertaining. As to, as to the as to the other stuff, and the criticism she takes over her weight and all that, yep. all of, all of that is complete bullshit, and yep. that's that's unnecessary. So, um, just for our listeners, uh, please don't let me in with that criticism. I'm 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 just talking strictly as a wrestler. She's not really my cup of tea, but I, I have nothing against her personally. And I certainly wouldn't say anything that disgusting about a woman. I I don't get down like that. So just uh, just to make that perfectly clear. Alright, so let's um, move on to the next match. We had... Um, Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire and, Yep. Uh, with uh, Miss Elizabeth defeated Queen Cherry and Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, the funniest part about this was the promo that was cut by Savage and, and Sensational Sherry after the fact in the backstage area with uh, Ogreland. And, and literally, Sherry was hopping mad. <laughs> and I found that absolutely hilarious. She was, she was like literally hopping around, kicking things. <laughs> I I just I found that a little hilarious because you know she um she could legitimately kick your ass it seemed like. Well, um, she 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 is a she is a good wrestler. She was a good wrestler. Well, absolutely. When, she when was I, a, she was a 
uh, WWF Women's Champion. She was AWA Women's Champion. Right, and I, I actually, I actually know about the WWE stuff, but the thing is, but like, go, no, go, go, look up her AWA stuff. That's classic, classic matches. Right, and like, but knowing her history and knowing what a badass she was. Yep. Not only as a character, but as a wrestler, I just found it hilarious that she would like be a hopping man. Yep. <laughs> I just I got a kick out of that. Um, next up, Ted DiBiase defeated Jake Roberts by I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're mistaken. Uh, there was a match, uh, two matches before that, sir. Oh, 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 oh! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're exactly right. I jumped the gun. Um, the Orient Express, which was uh, Pat Tanaka and Sato. I I've never seen the Orient Express. Oh, uh, oh, you don't know who the Orient Express are? Well, I, I didn't before this match. Okay, um, okay, so yeah, Pat Tanaka. He was another AWA guy. And um, do you remember in the nineties there was a wrestler called Hakushi? Yes. He was wrestling in way and Japanese uh, writing all over his body. Yeah. And then he was managed by um, this guy with a uh, white face paint. Yes. Yeah, that is Sato. He was also in the AWA. Oh. So a lot, a, lot of these, a lot of these guys that you're seeing here all came, a lot of them came from the AWA. Well, well and that's, oh, so, so he, he was the guy that was like, he had the Japanese tattoos all over him with, the, with like the weird lettering. No, no, he was a manager for that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. That okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. That's a that's a history lesson. I did not know that. Um and then uh And they uh defeated the Rockers. Right. Another, was, another team from the AWA. Well and the Rockers, I obviously I know about the Rockers. I'm not And I have a story I, I, about I, that. I have a story about that. I promised you a story last week. Okay. Go ahead. I wanna hear this. This took place on Sunday, April first. Right. So the day before was Saturday, March thirty first, nineteen ninety. We my brother no, me and my friends, my mom and my brothers we're all going to go to this mall called Lone Square Mall. We we're going to go meet the Heart Foundation and get our autographs. I had my magazine with me. I was seeing the Bret Hart's autograph, okay? Right. So we're, we're, we're on our way there. We get there. The light is packed. My mom, like, my mom being impatient, she's like, I'm not waiting around here, right? So... We turned around and we went back home. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I wanted to get the Bret Hart's autograph. Then we get home. I'm like, Ma, I really want to beat the Rockers. She's like, I didn't know who the Rockers were. I thought they were a dance group. I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. See, so at different times in your life. One, you were denied the opportunity to see the finish of Rock versus Hulk Hogan. No, no, Jericho and Triple H. Or, I'm sorry, Jericho and Triple H because you're your brother. <laughs> and you were denied the opportunity to meet Bret Hart because of your mother. Uh, 
Oh, you, you poor deprived bastard. <laughs> what what in the no no now granted I love you so I'm I'm going I'm going kind of bad shit near the fence. Um but what what's wrong with your family? I don't you know I don't I know. Help me. I help, I, help I, me help you. I tried to like my I wanted to see the rockers and the heart foundation. She's like, I didn't know the Rockers were wrestlers. I thought they were dad's group. I was like, no, that's the Rockettes. <laughs> oh, I can't breathe. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't breathe. Okay. All right. I think I take away stuff. My stomach hurts. Um, okay. I have to try to collect myself to finish this podcast. Oh, you poor bastard. Um, oh, um, oh, I don't know what to say. Um, let's see. Um, and then Jim Duggan defeats Dino Bravo. Yep. Uh, he came to the ring with Earthquake and Jimmy Hart. My God, they, re- they, reuse, ma- they reuse managers more than anything I've ever seen. I guess it was a different approach well, back in the early days. Remember, remember, this is the 80s and 90s. The top managers in the company were the two top managers were Bobby Heenan and this Heenan family and Jimmy Hart and his Hart Foundation. They managed a lot of guys at that time. So it was so it was um, a regular, it wasn't uh, unusual to um, see like these guys come out with the same manager. Right. Well, no, that makes sense. I'm just not used to it. Um, let's see. And then Big Boss Man, what was what was the point of that match? Well, well, hold on, hold on. There was Ted DiBiase as Jake St. Roberts is the next one. Oh, yes. And uh, I was very pissed off that Jake Roberts lost. I mean, I mean, didn't lose, but, like, why would that match of all matches end with a countout? I just, you know, I don't okay. get it. And the story behind that. So Jake Roberts and Ted DiBiase started their feud. Um, Jake Roberts had a problem with Ted DiBiase, like him shoving dollar bills down his opponent's mouths after he knocks him out with the million dollar dream. Right. So Ted DiBiase uh, didn't uh, care that uh, for Jake Roberts interfering in his business. So at one at one point, it, um, Jake was had just won his match. DiBiase ran in and attacked him and laid him out with uh, with a um, the million dollar dream. And then um, Jake had uh, stolen uh, DiBiase's uh, million dollar championship at this time, so he had it in the bag with the snake. So DiBiase. But acquired the services of the big boss man, and on an episode of the Brother Love Show, um, it was the end of Jake's match, and a boss man attacked him and handcuffed him to the ropes. That was right. when, that was when the Brother Love Show was uh, on. It began, and DiBiase was there with Slick and thanked him for the services of the boss man. So, oh Lord. 
After Bossman uh, handcuffed Jake to the ropes, he took the bag with the snake and the belt and then brought it back up to the Brother Love set and was about to give it to DiBiase until he found out that he had been bought, his service had been bought and he'd been double-crossed. So after that, he got, he totally freaked out and he told DiBiase if he wants the belt, he has to get it the old-fashioned way, he has to earn it. So Bossman goes back to the ring, take, pulls out the key to the handcuffs, hands it to Cheek the Snake, and hands him the bag with the snake and the belt in it. And oh, uh, the, interesting. Uh, the, so, so two things happened. Uh, Jake uh, got, uh, got his uh, belt back, and uh, Bossman uh, turned face. Oh, then... that, that was his face. <sighs> Very interesting. And, uh, that, that led up to um, him uh, versus Akeem at WrestleMania six because they were uh, they were prior to that they were known as the Twin Towers. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Then, I, then I, I wonder why the match was only um, was only in, um, a minute and forty nine. Yeah, I think this was just washed. I think Akeem was on his way out at this point. Yeah. Because, um, because prior to this, he was a one-man gang, and he was... Oh, uh, he, uh, yeah, I, I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, so he was uh, more... He was uh, more popular as uh, the one-man gang, and, like in the late 80s. So uh, once uh, he changed to this uh, Akeem character is when he started going, being phased out. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, next up we had. Um, see, this was this is what confuses me, and maybe you can help me out. Um, these really short match times uh, for the majority of these matches are very confusing because why would you have Rick Rick Rude and Jimmy Snuka in, in this short of a match at WrestleMania? What's the point? Again, a, a different time. So, like uh, matches like these uh, weren't were like nor were normal. They, they didn't have like all the didn't have the long matches that we get now in twenty twenty. Yeah. I guess I guess the I guess longevity was reserved for the marquee matches. Yeah, because uh, the next one, w the main event was uh, the twenty minute. That was uh, usually the big one that was uh, advertised. The end of yes. the end the cards always uh, were always the build up to the main event. Okay, cool. Um, so obviously the un uh, the Ultimate Warrior defeated. Hulk Hogan to, to retain his Intercontinental Championship and become the WWF Champion. Now, now, what'd you think of this match? I was um, it, 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 it's interesting for me because I can definitely understand why it's considered a classic from like the entertainment value. For me personally, I was never an Ultimate Warrior fan or a Hulk Hogan fan, mm -hmm. so it was a little different for me. But having said that, I could uh, I could appreciate its entertainment value, and considering how limited both of these guys are as a as like in ring performers, 
and being so character driven, I can understand why it was such a big deal. Um, but you know, being that it's from a different time, maybe it's, that's why I didn't get it as much. You know, because you have you have to understand, like the specifically the Ultimate Warrior, like my, like I was way too young when when the Ultimate Warrior was in WWF to to really get into his character. Yeah, he he, he showed up around uh, late nineteen eighty seven. Right, and so by the time I was old enough to understand or trying to understand some coherence behind the, the sun and the moon and the stars and the destricity and the whatever the fuck. Um, I was, I was, that was like 1998 when he came back uh, to like WCW. Yeah. And, um, and by that point, you know, when they had their rematch from this one, from this match, it was awful. So you saw um, that you, you saw that crappy version of the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, because uh, that's not the Ultimate Warrior that everyone remembers. They always remember this one from WrestleMania Six. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I appreciated this match because it was clearly the better version of the Ultimate Warrior, and the more entertaining version. Um, but I guess, I guess I would have to go back and look at it again. And um, I'll try to get the like the jaded picture of the Ultimate Warrior out of my head. Okay. So now every time they uh, cut to the audience, did you notice uh, someone that stood out? He had a Hulkmania T-shirt on. Yeah, and uh, I actually I actually knew who that was. It was it was very. Um, it was very interesting to see Edge in the audience. Yeah, I, I know. I didn't know until they pointed out because the first time I watched it, I was like watching the matches, and then uh, after that, they, he pointed it out that he was uh, where he was sitting. Yeah, and um, you know, and on one of I forget if it was the Decade of Decadence or his other uh, DVD, but like his mom told the story of like how hard she worked to get those tickets and how like important it was to her that he be there considering how important it was to him yep. and like it just I don't know it got me all teary eyed considering uh, sure. c- considering that his mom's not here anymore I'm going to show you what you, you see this picture over there that I have there yeah that's the school that Edge and Christian went to I went to that school at around the same time. Oh, oh, well, isn't this the show of trivia? <laughs> interesting, interesting tidbits and stories. I went to school with Edge and Christian, but we were different. There are different times, but in the same time period. Ah, well, isn't. I mean that's fascinating. I you know I, I never would have guessed that, but you, you guys are from from the same area. Yep. So it makes sense. God damn! I I sh- I should have had Canadian friends well before you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're, so uh, you're quite the uh, you're quite the educational tool when it comes to professional wrestling. <laughs> I'm a historian. 
Absolutely, the uh, the gentleman and the historian. What does that make me, the baboon? <laughs> <laughs> what? No, actually, you know, you would be um, you would be Jim Ross, and I would be Jerry Lawler. Like if if we were like a um, if we were a commentary team. By God, King, I'm about to lay a history lesson on you. Yeah, well, that was a terrible impression, but I appreciate I the effort. But I appreciate the effort. <laughs> um, so, uh, with that being said, uh, that, uh, that that wraps up WrestleMania six. That wraps up WrestleMania six, and it also uh, wraps up today's show. Now, um, Elio, did you have uh, plans for next week's show? Um, did you want to share with the people or? Um, or has that yet to be decided at this point? Um, I don't know. Uh, what what, uh, what do you uh, want to do for next week's show? Do you have any ideas? Well, uh, I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking with Money in the Bank coming up, we can start. Uh, we can start going through some of the old um, Money in the Bank matches at WrestleMania. Um, and then kind of kind of shift okay. into the paper money in the bank pay-per-views yeah, and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, okay, we can do that. Okay. Um, so um what should we start with uh, next week then? I believe they didn't... What if, what what if we um what if we did uh the first money in the bank ladder match? Uh, um that was at WrestleMania 25 or 23, something like that? I think it was 21. 20, 21, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, All right, um, so to WrestleMania 21 will be next week then. So, yeah, we'll review WrestleMania 21. Thank God it's not WrestleMania 20 because I went back and took a look at that. My oh. God, it sucked. <laughs> God, it was terrible. <laughs> well, we um, co- well, we, well, we covered that so a couple of weeks back. WrestleMania 20. Well, thank God we don't have to cover it again because it was it was bullshit. Oh, um, I, I, I need to make a list of all the ones that we've covered so we don't uh, do the same ones. So, okay, well then, break out your pad and paper because I actually know the answer. So, okay. It was, um, it was WrestleMania 3, uh, WrestleMania 6, WrestleMania 18. 18, yep. And WrestleMania 20. Yeah. So it's it's those four so far. Um, and then of course in the in the past in one of the episodes we lost. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to do this again at some we point. Did, we did on. seven, right? Seven. Yeah, we was did it? Se- we did seven in one of the lost. Yeah, episodes. we should we should we should redo that one then. Okay. We can redo that one the following week, maybe. Right. So we'll do we'll do WrestleMania 21, the entire thing with hot with a highlight on the on the uh, Money of the Bank ladder match. Uh, next week, and then in addition to all of the supposedly live content that we're getting. So, okay. So you got a little bit of behind the scenes action. Extra right here on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Yep. And uh, w- and with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I hope I hope this uh, quarantine isn't driving you too crazy, and um, and hopefully we uh, 
we entertained you a little bit. And and, and, and if it does, just just listen back to this episode and and hear about how I was screwed twice out of WrestleMania experiences. Yeah, and, and <laughs> by the by the way, okay. Now the, the next time the next time your brother comes into town, or the next time you go to him, I want to do a podcast from wherever the hell you are, <laughs> and I want to br- I want to bring him on this show. I promise I'll be nice because I'm not I'm not an asshole. Um. But I, I I legitimately and honestly want to ask him that question. What the hell was he thinking? Okay. I think that I think that would be a fantastic bonus segment on one of these <laughs> on one of these shows. Alright. I am determined now I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna confront your mother because she's she's scared me on two different occasions now. <laughs> oh shit. Um, but but your brother is a different story. So with that being said, uh, we will see you next week for our WrestleMania 21 retrospective, and uh, and then hopefully after that we will start shifting to uh, to some more to, to some more uh, recent and uh, uh, more uh, more timely content, I guess. Because WrestleMania season has officially ended, but mm-hmm. we're 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 just trying to come up with different ways to uh, to fill airtime and be entertaining. Yep. So, um, with that being said, and for the last time, I will uh, sign off. And this has been uh, Ben Pierce, the man that's always piercing barriers, alongside my Canadian cohort, Elio Canella, and we will see you next week.